Welcome to the Financial Philosophers Podcast, where we explore the nuances of personal finance, improve our financial literacy, and empower ourselves to achieve financial freedom. Come nerd out with us, and let's take this journey together. Welcome back again to another few cents, our fun mini episode before we drop our full length episode this Thursday. Danny, I got a fun scenario for you. I want to walk you through. All right, let's hear it. I'm going to call this WWDD. What would Danny do Mm, for for this situation? So this is a true story. This just happened a couple weeks ago. Good friend of mine, she has an old whole life insurance policy and she's only 30 years old and she approached me and said, you know, I've got this whole life policy, Chris. I don't really know what to do with it. I'm just, can I get some guidance? And I was looking at it and I was, I was so fascinated because very rarely do I ever meet somebody in our age group who has a whole life policy that they got from a long time ago. So I want to walk you through the details and I just want to hear your thoughts and what you would maybe do in this situation, right? I, I thought it was a fascinating okay. case study and thought we could explore it. So Sounds good. Okay. So her grandpa took out this whole life policy on her when she was born. And to our listeners, a whole life policy is basically, a, it's a life insurance policy that has a death benefit and it has a cash value accumulation aspect to it as well, where you pay premiums into it and the cash value kind of grows, kind of like a savings account, if you will. And it has a death benefit too. So her grandpa put in a total of $6,000 over the years and the original death benefit when he took it out, again, I think it was like the month she was born, it was $87,000 death benefit. She's 30 years old now. And the cash value grew from 6000 to 24000 4X, basically. There are no more premiums put into it. So this policy is paid up, meaning the cash value is locked in what it is. It's going to grow each year, the death benefit too. The cash value and the death benefit will never go down. They'll only increase. This policy pays a dividend, right? And so the dividend that this company pays is 5%. At last I checked, uh, is a 5% dividend. Uh, but I actually got on a Zoom call with a life insurance agent when I was helping her explore this. And it looks like, you know, that that's a gross number and the actual growth rate of the cash value once certain uh, costs are taken out, it's about 4.5%. And that's actually been what okay. the internal rate of return has been on the cash value over the past 30 years is about okay. 4.5%. And just to clarify, since it is a dividend within a whole life policy, there are no taxes paid on that on an annual basis. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's It's basically growing tax deferred. Well, the taxes are pretty complex. I probably won't get into those uh, too detailed on this episode, but the death benefit's also growing. So when the dividend pays, it basically buys something called paid up additions. So it's like incrementally buying little snips of death benefit that Mm -hmm. are adding on top of it. So this is why the death benefit is now currently 135,000. It started at 87,000, but each year they paid a dividend the dividend okay. went to cash value and it bought a little bit of additional death benefit each year, which is why the death benefit's also growing. Well, so you basically have a cash value and a death benefit that are going to continue to grow. The way it works is the the 5% dividend is the stated rate. Uh, 4% of that is guaranteed. The extra 1% is the non-guaranteed portion of this company's okay. dividend. That's not bad. Not bad, but the, this company has paid a dividend uh, when I was talking, uh, look, researching them, something like 150 or 160 plus years. So that 1% portion that's non-guaranteed, it, it's while it's non-guaranteed, it's, it seems pretty likely they'll continue to keep paying it. <laughs> More than um, a century. Yes, more than a century they've been paying dividends. So she can access her cash in the policy in two ways. 
she can either just take a withdrawal from the, the 24000 but if she does that, she can't put it back in because that would have to be a, a premium paid into the policy. But this is a paid up policy. There are no further premiums allowed or due, right? Okay. So if she takes a withdrawal, the cash value will be permanently reduced. The other option is to take a policy loan. Okay. So this Before is Before we dive into the policy loan, I'm sorry. Yeah. If yeah. she takes cash value out, does she lose a percentage of the death benefit? Yes. Good okay. question. Yeah, the death benefit decreases by the amount of cash taken out, basically. The loan, the policy loan, the way it works, this is this is so ridiculous, and I have to walk you through it for a second. This is why I was so fascinated by it. The policy loan is a fixed interest rate of 8% for okay. the life of the policy, right? And so initially, like, that makes me like go, ouch, that's, that's really high. Yeah, but there is a silver lining to it. If there's a policy loan outstanding, basically, when you take a policy loan on this whole life, they use the cash value. The insurance company uses the cash value in there as collateral to cover the loan, basically. So if you, okay, for whatever reason, they need the money that 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 loan is covered by the cash in the policy. However, when they pay a dividend, they actually split the dividend d- depending on whether there is a loan outstanding on the policy. So for the portion of the cash value that does n- that is not collateralized by a policy loan. It, re- it receives that 5% dividend I, I told you about. But for a portion okay. of the policy that is collateralized, it actually gets an increase to a dividend up to 7.75%, which sounds huh. ridiculous, right? So essentially, let me give you an example. There's 24000 in there. Let's say she took out a $12,000 loan. Half the policy was loaned out. When the dividend gets credited, 5% dividend rate would go to 12000 12, that does not have a loan on it. And the 7.75% dividend would go to the other 12,000 that does have a loan collateralized against it. That is collateralized for. That's really so, interesting. Yeah. So essentially the dividend is increased and it's basically kind of washing most of the interest away. So it's basically netting out, if you will. There's like a 0.25% difference there. So why is that? Well, when I was talking to the agent and I was thinking about it, I was looking back. When this policy was issued, this company was paying a dividend way higher than 8%. It was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12%. It was, it was, it was very high. Okay. This is also when interest rates were much, much higher, you know, 30 years ago, right? So true. this dividend set to 7.75% has been the same for the whole policy. And so it actually incentivized people to not take policy loans back then, you know, 30 years ago, because if they did, your dividend was going to be cut to 7.75% for the loan portion. Interesting. But because rates have dropped over the past 30 years, and because that interest rate of 8% and the dividend being close to that 8%, the 7.75%, those were contractually fixed and guaranteed for the life of the policy. It just so happens that because the rates drop so much, she gets a better dividend for a policy loan than for a non-policy loan portion of her cash Boy. value. Talk about being grandfathered into a great situation. It's just ridiculous. Okay. Like I never, I never seen that. So, so we we have the details about the policy. Yeah, now, and I I, yeah. I know what she's looking at. What's the question? The question is, what would you do, right? When you see this in, in situation, like when I was looking, I was helping her. I never encountered this, so I was like, she was asking me, what should I do with this policy? Should I keep it, or should I just get rid of it and like invest the money or put the money elsewhere? So she's not married. She has no kids. There's no economic need for a death benefit, right? She has an emergency fund need of 21000 which is roughly six months of her expenses. She currently only has 5000 saved. 
So there's an emergency fund gap of 16,000 there. Uh, she did say she has an emotional tie to the policy because it's sentimental and reminds her of her, her grandpa and something nice he did for okay. her. He's no longer alive. So, so let, you know, thinking about these things, I, I had to come up with a decision on what to do, you know, how to okay. give her and advice. On you want to know what possible. my decision would be? Yeah, I'm just curious because okay. it was a fascinating, right. you know, case yeah, study that really I encountered. So uh, another question. So sure. not married, no kids. Does she have a spouse? Might she have a spouse in the future? Uh, uncertain. Okay. But it's a possibility. There's no... Yeah, absolutely. Like intention to stay single forever. I don't believe so. Okay. Okay. Uh, 5000 in SoFi savings, earning 4.5. Okay. And an emergency fund need of 21000 Plus a sentimental tie to this rather interesting grandfathered policy from a grandfather. I think that based on the sentimental tie and those rather nice looking loan kind of rules that come into play here, I would instruct her or I would suggest that she keep it for the reasons that she has 5,000. She can continue to budget and adjust her free cash flow to flow into that so SoFi savings account continue to raise that as and try to reach the six months of expenses goal. And based on that dividend in increase on the loan in an absolutely dire situation, she can continue to keep this policy while also taking a loan and essentially negating that interest rate in an emergency, right? Yeah. She could, she could pull 18,000 as a loan from it and essentially get up to that six months when needed or if needed, but otherwise just let it grow, uh, you know, in that tax deferred manner, particularly since this is not something she can replicate in current market conditions. These, you know, these stipulations and rules no longer exist. So I think I would take advantage of having this grandfathered policy, uh, you know, appreciate that emotional sentimental tie and uh, have it as, you know, it is literally, or it can be, another bucket to pull an emergency fund from if needed. Yeah. But otherwise, you can just let it grow. And 10 years from now, if she does have a partner, that de death benefit is great. It's paid up and you never have to worry about it. Yeah, I'm smiling and laughing because that's essentially the conclusion I came to with okay. her was a lot of conventional advice. I mean, geez, you ask anybody on Reddit or on YouTube, like, I have this old whole life policy, which I do. You're going to have a sea of people screaming, surrender it cancel it get rid of that you know to get rid of it and i understand where people come from like there there are negative stereotypes about whole life insurance right sure. quick disclaimer danny and i are not insurance agents we don't sell any insurance never have we don't earn commissions on anything uh, we're, we're truly just speaking from our own opinions here um so yeah i danny i said the same thing with the emergency fund need of a little over twenty thousand, that cash value already covers that right and it has a death benefit to boot and kind of those unique dividend uh features with the absolutely with the loan and whatnot so i t i didn't i told i didn't see any harm in keeping it right and to your point if she does end up getting married or having kids she might be really grateful that she has a death benefit to also uh, mitigate some risk for income replacement if something were to happen to absolutely. her and she had a you know spouse depending on her you know i can go back of course and i can play any hypothetical scenario where i say well if her grandpa had invested that six thousand into you know a stock uh, mutual fund think of how much bigger it would have been worth 
you know what? That's true. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You can't change the past. It, exactly. I can't change the past. And this is, this is what she has. And kind of makes for a unique uh, supplemental emergency fund. And so I, I told her to keep it, you know, I, I thought it was unique. So yeah, for what's worth, um, it was just an interesting situation. I think, uh, what do our listeners get out of this? Well, it's, it's a interesting way to think about, uh, you know, something that you may or may not have heard from in the past. There are a lot of thoughts on life insurance in general. Maybe the call to action here is, um, when you hear about something like this, if you ever encounter somebody who has something or somebody in your family has a whole life policy or some other financial product. It doesn't have to be a whole life policy. It could be anything. I think the moral of the story is do a little digging and actually understand what the person has before jumping to a conclusion and just doing something. Because I'll be honest, when I first encountered this with her, my first thought was, huh, well, maybe we surrender it, right? Before I did any due diligence and research, I was like, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's nice that she has it. Maybe she just surrenders it. But then when I actually did some research and I realized what she had in front of her, I second, I I took a step back and I said, you know what? I think it's probably worth her holding on to this. You know, things may change in the future. She can always surrender it later, but it's growing at 4.5% roughly. And it's, it's competitive to what you can get in a high yield savings account right now. Plus it has a death benefit. So I didn't see any harm. I, I thought it was uh, kind of a nice little thing to have in her back pocket. Great. Yeah, so, that was fun. Um, gave yeah. me a chance to kind of flex those muscles a little bit and, and get into those really unique situations. Uh, as a takeaway, I suppose, uh, maybe build a time machine, go back, convince your grandparents to do some <laughs> fun little finance tricks for you. <laughs> yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But you know what? Um, I think it's cool that her, her grandpa... Uh, took some action when she was young absolutely to, to, to give her a benefit so anyway kind of sentimental kind of feel good story there and a fun planning case scenario so anyway to our listeners hope you found it interesting uh, i certainly did i didn't know what to do at first which is why i spent some time with her you know getting on the zoom call with the insurance agent really learning about this policy before i told her to do anything with it i hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you next time All opinions expressed in this program are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions or financial advice. Always remember that investing involves risk and the possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a qualified professional before making any important financial decisions.